Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's go hour number two on a Tuesday. Hope you're having a good one. Remember, if you're a Longhorn baseball fan, get your excuse ready for lunchtime tomorrow. Let the boss know you got a lunch meeting, a very important lunch meeting with the Kansas Jayhawks. 12.30 is that first pitch time tomorrow on the schedule. Now, there is a 9 a.m. game, so we would hope that by this time tomorrow, the Longhorns will be on the field. No weather issues because they're in Arlington with the roof over their heads. As long as that first game doesn't go crazy, crazy long, they should be going by this time tomorrow, which is why we reset a guest. Normally, we had this next guy on Wednesdays, but we decided to move it to Tuesday with baseball coming. So we'll talk about that and some more on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline here. I am Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. And every week we talk to this guy. He is Justin Wells of Inside Texas on 3.com at Justin Wells 2424 on Twitter. Justin, how are you, man? Hey, man. I'm hanging in and hanging on. Hey, it's I- been a long week. And it's just Tuesday. <laughs> That's a bad sign, isn't it? When you realize you feel like it's been a month and it's been two days. <laughs> man, I feel like I've been run over with a truck a few times. And, oh, man. and it's just, uh, it, it, it's that, you know, it's that window of time. Right, but we, we got to get geared up and ready for official visit season. And uh, new enrollees are going to be on campus in the next few days. And so you got to push through and, and get ready because once June 1st hits, it's time to rock and roll in inside Texas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of stuff uh, obviously going on. We'll get to that baseball team since you just alluded to it, though. Let's talk a little bit, uh, a little bit of football and, and kind of recruiting and everything. What are you looking for? You're talking about you know the the time that's coming up here as we're a little over 100 days away from the first game uh, and guys are going to start to report and stuff like that. Um, what is for a Texas football fan thinking? Hey, I haven't maybe thought about recruiting in a few weeks. Where do you think that focus should be right now? What's the next couple things for you? For recruiting, yeah. I would say it's all the preparation for the 2024 class and the official visits. Uh, when that gets started up in, in the 1st of June, the first guy on campus is going to be Ryanair Swanson. It's uh, a big tight end, four-star out of Laguna Beach. Um, it's one of Bobby Burton's favorite shows. Um, fantastic <laughs> tight end prospect. <laughs> Jeff Banks is a – Jeff Banks is a – you know, this guy goes coast to coast when he's looking for talent. And so that's kind of where you start that month of June. And then you got, you know, Colin Simmons, the number one edge in the country. He hasn't formally put out an official visit list yet, but I would anticipate that rather soon. Then I feel like Texas will get him on campus that last weekend. Um, Micah Hudson coming in at that last weekend on the 23rd to the 25th also looms large. Kobe Black, Waco Conley corner, one of the best in the country. I mean, I believe that the number now is 44. Texas has 44 guys they're going to bring in for officials 
in the month of June. Wow. And I think I think one is count. I think Nigel Smith counts, but he's a, he's the early September kid. But it's just it's going to be busy season. You know, these coaches they they gear up for June because now that official visits have shifted, and you know guys come in earlier now. They're finding their spots earlier. June is so important because kids want to get their spot before the senior year starts. Yeah, most of you, you know, some of your bigger name, you know, elite kids, they may wait until November, December, you know, closer to early signing day. But a majority of them are going to look to try to, to try to get their spot early because when you have, you're dealing with the portal now and it's affected high school recruiting so much, you can't screw around. You can't wait until the end of the year uh, because at that point, coaches may move on. They may, they may look for a quick fix. And so for, for, for recruiting fans, you know, we've got some, we, we just, uh, Jerry Hamilton and Eric Nolene and myself dropped some percentages today and yesterday to give you an idea of where prospects are looming, where Texas stands with a handful of guys. It's great reading material. Please check it out at InsideTexas.com. But that's kind of where we're at right now. You know, the early enrollees for the 20, uh, the early enrollees are already on for the 23 class. Now they're going to welcome the rest of the 2023 guys over the next few days. They'll be ready to rock and roll by June 1st. But for that 2024 cycle, you know, I have, a, I have friends that tell me, you know, what's wrong with Texas in this recruiting cycle? You know, they had a top five class two years ago, a top three class last year, and now they're not even ranked. It's because Sark and his team are being very judicious with this class. They are looking for mental evals. They are looking for mental cultural fits. Not to mention, you know, fantastic athletes from coast to coast. Of those 44 guys that are going to be on campus in June, a third are out of state. And that shows you how much work they put in. You know, Kyle Flood is a big fan of Jersey Shore. He's up there talking to Nair Daniels and those guys. <laughs> Deshard Choice is a Sunshine State loving guy. He's down in, in Florida with Jared Gibson and those guys. Then you go over to California and, and they just offered a handful of linebackers. And, and one just scheduled, uh, Kamari House just scheduled an official visit as well. And so I think what you're seeing is this staff just being very strategic. They're not going to take any kids too early. They understand what their needs are in this cycle. They understand that in-state there's a couple positions that are really good and fertile, but there's a couple other spots that are in-state overall a little bit down, so they're having to you know, cast a wider net. The top to bottom, if you're worried about Texas football recruiting on in late May, um, I'm sorry for you. There's really no reason to be because the Horns are in excellent position with a lot of their top-tier prospects. And the month of June and this summer coming up is what's going to separate the ones from the ones from the was-nots. Yo, Jay Wells, man, don't sleep on Jersey Shore and Laguna Beach, dog. That's some good TV. It might be a little trash, but that's some good TV. I'm not a Snooky fan, and I know people don't look at Jay Cutler the right way, but he did it big when getting with Christian Cavallari on Laguna Beach. That's, he did it wow. big right there making that woman his baby mama. Don't sleep on them shows now. Man, that's a lot to know. <laughs> hey, I got to tell you, I feel terrible because you know I love Zay. I have no idea who he's talking about, except Jay Cutler. <laughs> except Jay Cutler. All he heard there was blah, 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 Wait, Jay Cutler. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's probably best, Jay Wells. Didn't his wife date Matt Leinert at some point? 
Ooh, that that, that, might, that might be right. I, she might I would have. not be surprised. She might have been in that. She ball, likes them quarterbacks. She might have been in that ballroom dancing class. Back yeah, in the yeah. Day. She likes them quarterbacks. Yeah. That's for sure. Yo, Jay Wells, those those guys that haven't got to campus uh, yet, a part of the 2023 class, like Derek Williams and Ryan Nibley, and there's probably others that I'm missing. What are you expecting their impact to be? Because in a way, they are behind guys like Jonte Cook and C.J. Baxter because those guys came in during the winter. Where do you think those guys coming in during the summer, where are they going to fit? You know, that's, that's the thing with Texas, man. You know, I think Sark and those guys, they look for those in early enrollees because those are guys that are not only more prepared from a classroom standpoint and some, in some points a physical standpoint, they're more prepared to, from a commitment standpoint. Because if you're leaving high school early to go to college, which is essentially if you're playing sports in college, going to work, and you come in ready and eager, a prime example is Anthony Hill. If Anthony Hill doesn't arrive in January, how many reps does he really get this year? How much further behind is he when he gets here this summer to try to learn the system and to try to, to get as much snaps as he can you know, inside, outside, wherever they find him? But the fact that he came in January and that he made an impact in the spring, now Anthony Hill's going to be prized for and primed for some real playing time. They're going to need him in 2023. But there's still some serious guys that are about to arrive in Austin in the next few days. And you, it starts with Derek Williams, four-star safety out of New Iberia, Louisiana, Westgate High School. They call him the Raptor for a reason. He goes after your head. He doesn't mm. think about it. He just takes it. He, he, he collects skulls like the Predator, and he wants your soul. And that's the kind of talent you want. You want that athleticism and that back end. And it, you know how hard it is to pull talent out of Louisiana like that? Nobody keeps in-state talent, in-state better than LSU. Nobody. But Texas went down there. Terry Joseph took Derek, Derek Williams. That's a guy that when he arrives June 1st, get ready. Because even though Jaron Thompson and Jalen Catalan and a lot of those guys have got some spots locked down and they've got their, they, they know the defense and know what's going on, none of them had the athleticism of Derrick Williams. And so that's going to be an injection that they need in that back end. Um, another one is Jelani McDonald. He's, he's one of my favorite recruits from this class. Not only does he have one of the best personalities, very engaging, very coachable, he plays everything and he's good at everything. If it's not being a quarterback for Waco Conley, if it's not playing corner or safety for Waco Conley while you're also playing quarterback, if it's not winning the Waco Tribune Syntex Boys Basketball Player of the Year, I was fortunate enough to watch a handful of his basketball. Hey, I watched a handful of his basketball games. If you didn't show up before the game, you didn't see the dunk contest. Mm -hmm. It was tremendous. Then he goes and wins a gold medal in the triple jump his junior year and then went back to UL, UIL State Track Meet two weekends ago where Joe Cook and I were there to compete again to try to win another medal. Jelani McDonald is the quintessential athlete and, and, and prospect that thrives at Texas under Steve Sarkeesian. And so that's another guy that I'm excited to see. And then every single offensive lineman enrolled early except one. And the one that didn't, we got to, we got to, we got to catch a, a glimpse of him at UIL State recently throwing the shot put. And that's Melissa offensive lineman Trevor Gooseby, 6'6", 290 pounds. And when you see Trevor, the first thing, me being an older man in my, in my age, 45, the first thing I noticed was these offensive linemen, they didn't, Matt Brown's the last year and Charlie Strong and Tom Hermans, they didn't look like this. Mm. 
and he's the one that didn't enroll early. And this is following the offensive haul that they got last year. And so these kids are – Sark is stacking talent on talent. And it's, it, it's, they're all strong physical and mental evals. They're all cultural, culture builders. And they're all needs. And I think that's the thing you need to be excited about. Yeah, Arch Manning arrived early. Anthony Hill is already on campus. Jonte Cook has already made his way in, on the depth chart. But there's more coming. And these guys are hungry as well. And that's something to be excited about in early June. Talking to Justin Wells inside Texas. Justin, one more from me. Let's hit this baseball team. Obviously, they're playing really well. Uh, if you, in your mind, if they get on a continue this, I say get on a run. If they continue this run in the Big Twelve tournament and maybe even win the thing, do you think they have a legit shot to host a regional? Probably saying top eight seed and super regional. That might be out of reach, but do you think they have a chance to host a regional in Austin next week? You know. Before they swept the number six West Virginia Volunteers in smashing fashion, I would have probably said no. But I really do think they're kind of hitting the groove. They, the, 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 the early part of that rotation is pretty solid and good. The bullpen's still kind of a cluster, but, but they're finding guys that, that, can, that, that are making a difference. And now you're getting the sticks are starting to warm up. That 16-game winning streak, it didn't appear to be an aberration. It appeared that guys are starting to step up. You've got you know, guys that just popped in like a Porter Brown. You got Dylan Campbell, who I think is hitting every single game in his entire career <laughs> in Austin. And then you got a freshman like Jared Thomas who's come on, who's going to be, who's got some Mark Payton vibes to him, who I think is going to be a tremendous guy as well. And so how they do in this Big 12 tournament is definitely going to be the indicator if they host a regional. But I, I think it's, it's one of those things where Texas is so used to being in this position and they're so used to, you know, having everyone's best effort, you know, having that target on their back, even in a rebuilding year. Let me say that again, in a rebuilding year. I don't think David Pierce thinks it's a rebuilding year. I think he, I think he thinks they just won the Big 12 Conference again for the 80th time, or the Conference Championship, rather, for the 80th time. So they're used to this kind of deal. And I think that does carry over. And, and, and I can't, I can't be, I'll be remiss if I didn't mention Joe Cook from Inside Texas wrote the best story on Sunday about David Pierce, about Texas baseball. He put it all out there in great fashion. It's a free read. Come to IT and, and check it out. Uh, he really, you know, that, that's our baseball guy. and He really put everything in, in, into perspective. And so depending on how deep they go in this, in this tournament, it's going to tell us if they host their regional. But after what I saw, what they did to West Virginia, I wouldn't be surprised if you see those guys there in a couple weeks. Jay Wells, Tyrese Hunter coming back to the 40 acres. That is huge for this upcoming 2024 season for Rodney Terry and the coaching staff. What does that mean to you for, you know, this squad coming up? You know, Zay, you and I, we love basketball. You know, we, we, we're basketball guys by heart. And, and I'll tell you this, and I think you'll agree, you can never have too many ball handlers on a team. I'm going to say that again. You can never have too many guards slash ball handlers on a team, in the college game especially. And the fact that Tyrese is coming back, this guy, he turned it on at the right time last year. He was one of the pieces that helped them make that Elite Eight run. He's a guy that I think is going to come back and bring some of that veteran experience. He's a great ball handler. He can shoot in spurts. He can create his own shot sometimes when needed, and he's a good on-ball defender. And then you're going to bring Max Amas with him, the Oral Roberts point guard transfer. That's, 
that's just good stuff. And you know what? We've had some discussion in Inside Texas about, well, I mean, that that room's going to be too crowded. There's going to be too many guards, and I have to interrupt immediately. That does not exist. Hmm. Too many guards, that's that's an oxymoron (laughs) in basketball, especially at the college level. It's all about ball handlers and guys that can create their own shot and shoot. And Rodney Terry is setting himself up. He took a really bad hit with the wrong Holland. I mean, a guy that scores at three levels, he's going to be a top five pick in next year's draft. You know, that, that one stings. But he's gathered some guys. Cajun Shedrick, he's brought in. I like the kid they brought in from Oral Roberts, like we talked about. They've got the UTA, uh, UT Arlington kid coming in as well, uh, Chondell Weaver. They, Terry's putting together some guys. And I, I think in the, in the portal era nowadays, you have to trust the process because – one week, you're going to lose an Arterio Morris to, to, to Kansas. One week, you're going to lose Johnson to, to Australia. He's going to play with Crocodile Dundee and the land down under. <laughs> and then you lose a lot. And then you lose a lot Holland. And so I get all these text messages. What's wrong with, with basketball at Texas? Nothing's wrong. This is what you call business as usual. When you let these cats sign agents now, that's exactly what's going to happen. And Terry is adjusting. He is making do with what he did. His predecessor, Chris Beard, that's how he got the Texas program, I felt like, on the right page, was filling in with some of these portal guys that, that can do a, a lot of different things and bring experience. And so with Tyrese Hunter coming back, you got Maximoff. And then I don't think Caleb Love has picked a school yet. Ooh. And I think Texas is squarely in the mix against UConn. And remember I mentioned that name because then I could hear some more people say, well, Justin, there's too many guards. And then I'm going to tell him, call Zay Collier, because he's got the answer. <laughs> there it is. Never have too many guards. You're exactly right, Jay Wells. Never too many. Justin Wells, Inside Texas, On3.com, at Justin Wells, 2424 on Twitter. Justin, we appreciate it. Appreciate you rearranging things this week. Uh, get through that week, man, and uh, we will hit, hit you up next week, regular time. Hey, appreciate you guys always. Nothing but love. Thanks, Thanks Justin. Man. Justin Wells inside Texas. You can kind of hear it in his voice today. He's uh, he's going through a little something uh, there and and fighting through it. We appreciate him doing that. Yeah, too many ball handers. That's like saying there's too much bacon on my BLT. <laughs> I've never thought that once in my life. Oh, yeah. In college basketball, you need that because most of the time, they don't have D'Angelo Russell-like issues. And they could say, oh, it might not be my night tonight. You think – that uh, right. uh, you know, coach had that. That Scott Drew had that in Waco, where he had Jared Butler and all those guys, and Davion Mitchell. They had a buku of guards. Adam Flagler came off the bench. You think Adam Flagler cared? No, it was about winning. Yeah. So if you have guys that can check that ego at the door, Greg Popovich style, and especially on the college level, which I'm feel like that's what coach terry's preaching to these guys hey if you come to texas yeah we got that nil going yeah it's Austin, texas yes university of texas best school in america but with what we're trying to do here the roster that we're building if you want to win and be a part of something special that's never been done in texas basketball history then come on down Mm -hmm. love to have you 
Uh, thanks to Justin for his time, as always. A little later in the show, we'll get into some more of these NFL news and notes. Did you hear what the NFL's decided to do with Thursday night games? We'll get to that at 2 o'clock. It's got me and Zay a little pissed off today. We'll see what you think about it as NFL fans. Up next, our flex segment, Jacob Henry getting a unique offer. And the Alex Green Ivy League Tour continues. Uh, we've also got Where We At in Society with Zay coming up later this hour. So just keep it right here on the horn. Chad and Zay. Rolling through a Tuesday. What's the song called, Zay? Little Green Bag. Little Green Bag. Sounds good. Sounds kind of familiar, too, but... Have you seen Reservoir Dogs? Ah, is that why I recognize it? That's why you recognize it. Okay. That makes sense, but I don't know who sings it, so if it's in a Quentin Tarantino movie, it could be anything. Who is it? George Baker. Yeah, I wasn't coming up with that. George Baker. That's my favorite Tarantino movie, by the way. Isn't that? Reservoir. Yeah. That's the first one? That is... Is that technically his first movie? I want to say it is. It may be. If it's not the first one, it's right there. That's probably my favorite. I like a lot of the others that I've seen, but Reservoir Dogs to me. That's how I would introduce Tarantino to someone. If you want to know what Quentin Tarantino is all about, I would just watch, make make him watch that. And then if you like that, you go Pulp Fiction. You can go wherever you want, but I'd start him with Reservoir Dogs. Ah. That's a good choice. And the music is awesome. Oh, yeah. Music's always good. The music is unreal. You know, this song, the way the songs fit into the movie, and, you know, you'll never hear Stuck in the Middle with You the same way again for the rest of your life if you have, uh, if you check out Reservoir Dogs. George Baker, Sweet, and John Lennon have been on the show already today. Got more great music coming up. We've got more NFL discussion coming up. Also, Uh, We talked about the broadcasting ideas of the Pac-12 and Big 12, and somebody sent us a great text. We'll discuss that, too, right after we hit a little bit of Flex here. Let's get you a Flex 30 segment, a couple of interesting offers for local stars. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. You can check out Flex ATX, FLX ATX on your social media, FLXATX.com. You got the Wednesday night Flex show coming tomorrow night at 7. Since Texas baseball plays at 1230, uh, they will not be in the way of uh, the evening programming. So we'll get you Wednesday night Flex at 7. Um, Zay, we were talking about Mark Henry a lot the last couple of weeks uh, because of that big the big lift event and uh, the AEW show that was coming to town. But, of course, Jacob Henry is his son, who's now going to be at Vandegrift, and he's not only a talented football player, but he's a wrestler and does powerlifting. He's in a lot of different stuff there. Uh, just had some uh, some big news for him in terms of the powerlifting and wrestling part of it, state you know, state-level stuff for him. And I noticed that he's now gotten an offer from Missouri Valley College. And I thought, okay, I don't know what Missouri Valley College is, but in his post, there are pictures of Bobby Lashley 
playing Bobby Lashley wrestling in college. So I, dope. I thought, oh, that, yeah. that explains to me what Missouri Valley College is. So congrats to Jacob Henry for getting that offer. Bobby Lashley, that must have been a fun guy to wrestle back oh, in the day. Yeah, he's probably an absolute animal. Oh, and my God. Jacob's going to have a decision to make because clearly he could go the football side or he could go the wrestling side or he could do both. Who knows? Maybe yeah. he'll find a school that will take you know both of his talents. But, yeah, man, I know he's making this Pops proud, and those offers are going to continue. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what that Vandergriff team looks like all the way around. Uh, him on the defensive side, you got uh, transferring in, you've got the, the Mike Adams two kids, one at quarterback, one at receiver that are transferring in, and then all the talent that Vandegrift brought back from a team that played for the state title last year. So uh, shout-out to Jacob Henry there. Also a shout-out to Alex Green out in Hutto. Had a chance to check them out in 7-on-7. Alex Green with Will Hammond throwing him the ball. That is a dangerous combo, man. Alex Green is so talented. And Zay, we continue to learn that he is not too bad in the classroom either. We had already told you that Alex Green had the Penn, Columbia, and Brown offers, and now he just adds Colgate to prove he can do it. <laughs> okay, Alex, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Uh, I meant I had to, I got a chance to meet his parents this weekend. I said to his mom, like, that must be nice knowing that, you know, he had some Ivy League education is to fall back on if you need to. If 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 you know if a massive D one offer is what he wants, but maybe he doesn't get, you know, the the one he's looking for, eh, you always have the Ivy League thing. She said, Yeah, that's not bad. That's nice. That's not bad. That's kind of nice. That is uh, nice. Congrats to to Alex Hutto. Definitely a team you want to watch this season. Uh, the Hippos should be pretty good. We yeah, do- I expect Will Hammond to put up some big-time numbers this year. And big just time numbers. and just like Paxton Land at Westlake, I would say the same thing about Hammond. Hammond, just another year of maturity, another year in the weight room. You can see that. And that ball comes out of his hand really effortlessly. He's got a good arm. Real good command of everything. You can see a little bit of command in a 7-on-7 because nowadays with 7-on-7, dude, they're rocking wristbands, play calls, all of it. Yeah. They're they're at a whole other level when it comes to 7-on-7. But you can see that leadership, and uh, Hammond's fun to watch. Well, it ignites that competitive fire because you're competing for one, but – you start to figure out, oh, I can be a leader. And then that's going to translate to the fall when you put the pads on and you can bring that energy that you got in seven-on-seven seven because they've seen it there and they've seen you succeed. And as a quarterback, showcase that. Yeah. You know, learn from that. If I'm a coach, I'm telling my QBs, all of my leaders, all those guys that were juniors and sophomores before, especially your star players that are going to become upperclassmen, I'm letting them know, hey, you got to start here Use your voice. Don't be afraid to say something. Don't be afraid to hold your teammates accountable because that's what you got to do if you want to succeed. Yeah, no doubt. Can't just be the coaches, you know what I'm saying? That's true. No doubt. That's what coaches always say, right? Player-led teams. Yeah. Those, those are the best ones, and that, that lets you do it at 7-on-7. Seven seven. Uh, they do a good job, too. The head coaches are usually present at 7-on-7, seven seven, but they just stay off to the side. They don't really do anything. Are like, they allowed to? Are they allowed to talk? I or mean, get- te- Technically, I don't think they're supposed to. Yeah. Occasionally, you might see one talking to a guy. Usually, they'll sit in an end zone or something, just kind of staying away from it. And I think that's part of it. They want it to build. They want the leadership to build through the players. Yeah, because in basketball, when they have these fall leagues and spring leagues at different schools and stuff, the head coaches, they're not allowed to be on the sideline or coach. They could be 
in the spot and sit in the stands and stuff. They yeah. can't really give comments, but same kind of deal. Yeah, I think. same deal. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, all right, so there's your flex segment. We do it every day at one thirty. Zay, we got a good text in when we were talking about the broadcasting stuff. Big Twelve, Pac Twelve. Are they going to mic players up and coaches up? And I said, now wait a minute. You're going to get some pretty natural sound here. Is everybody ready for all that? Somebody texted, downside of NIL and getting paid, along with cash, comes accountability for what you say. Quote, they're just kids is done. Sad but true. I'm not sure if I totally agree, but I see where they're going. I see where they're going. These are, But it's still, you're walking in, you're 18. Are you allowed to, you know, are you allowed to have – some kind of mess up that doesn't get out there. Will the will the networks and the conferences protect these kids and protect these young men from some of that stuff? Like, hey, if there's raw footage where he's made to look stupid or he's made to look insensitive, uses a word that he doesn't need to be tweeting out, can you not let that footage get out? Can you protect him? Yeah. You, yeah, you should be able to protect these kids. Hopefully. And if you're the coaches, you should be able to choose who gets mic'd up and who doesn't. You remember when Moral Jomo said some crazy stuff not too long ago uh-huh. yeah. about his teammates and Steve Sarkeesian just came out and said, yeah, yeah, he probably won't be doing many pressers anytime soon. Yeah. That's well, just, they had to go check him. They had to go let him know, like, hey, man, you're being a little bit too honest, and there's some things that we don't agree with, like – there's going to be moments where guys say some foul stuff. And like my uh, whoever said, you know, what they just said on the Specs text line about holding these kids accountable, some of these guys will be held accountable, but it's these coaches' jobs to let them know, let these broadcast crews know, hey, you're not do- getting my freshman. I know when Arch Manning becomes starting quarterback, whenever that day is, they're going to ask him first, first time, yo, we're trying to put Arch mic'd up. I'm Steve Sarkeesian. I'm saying, mm, we'll see. It might not be the right time. Just right. because he's Arch Manning doesn't mean he deserves to be mic'd up. But you also have to realize you can mic up all the juniors and seniors and leaders you want. But if the kid walks by that guy and says something stupid, the mic picks it up. Oh, yeah. So he clears a bell. Yeah. Is everybody ready for where this is going is the one thing I would ask. Because I love – I think your comment was, you know, I, I agree with with you saying you'd want it. You want if you can go NFL film style, but eh, you know, is that going to push a little bit too far? I get what the Big Twelve and Pac twelve are kind of trying to do. I would definitely, I still want to cut that line at why do y'all, why are y'all so focused on after a play's done, after a drive is over? Do y'all really want to walk over and stick a mic in Sark's face? Stick a mic in Dave Aranda's face. Hey, Coach, uh, that looked like uh, a cover, too. What, who cares at that point? Yeah, they want that raw, authentic emotion. Oh, my God. I think that that's too invasive for me. But we're way down that line. I still get nervous when I see David Pierce get interviewed in the middle of a baseball game. I think that's a useless thing. I can't believe, can't believe they make them do that. They're just trying to focus in on a game or whatever, and you make them stop and do an interview in the middle? I like it in baseball. You, you okay with it? It's that it's, slow pace. Because it's a slower I, pace. I, I think you could talk things over, right? Yes. What about basketball? Has that gone too far for you yet, or are you still okay with that? The third and first and third quarters the and players? after the game and everything? I like it. Okay. I, I really do. I like it. Huffing and puffing and stuff, <laughs> and asking them questions. And like, <laughs> hey, they you know, they asked Max Schroes the other day. He was huffing and puffing. They're like, the Celtics went on the run. How do you feel? It was like, yeah, yeah, we knew they were going to go on the run, but hey, you know, that's part of the game. This is the playoffs. This is what we're here for, and we'll be better in the second half. It was great. I was like, man, okay. that's 
He did hey. a great job, but those are pros, though. Yeah, so your true. point. Those are professionals, those are right? Yeah. And even though these guys are getting nil money, they're still teenagers and See, very that, young adults. That's the question. If you start interviewing like a stud sophomore, freshman sophomore, really any player, and then their teammates come up behind them to celebrate with them and just start screaming out stuff and swearing, how's that? <laughs> how's that going to play? Do y'all have your delay ready to go? Are you going to punish the kid for doing it? Like, how does that work? You go Frank Gore Jr. and push your grandma's face or auntie's <laughs> face out the way. Get out of here, auntie. Quit being crazy. Oh, Leave was, me alone. That was a good one. That, that was a good one. That was a Hall of Fame <laughs> moment right there. All right, coming up, we'll talk more NFL stuff at 2 o'clock. The, the newest flexible games in the NFL, plus Tom Brady's new gig, which somehow doesn't get in the way of his other new gig. We'll talk about that up next. Where are we at in society? Zay will let us know. Don't move. It's the horn. Chad and Zay. Oh, now this one I know. Oh, how good is this? This one I know. Come on, Tommy. Let him know. It's alright if you love me. So good. It's alright if you don't. I'm not afraid of you running away, honey. I get oh. the feeling you are. Let her know, Tommy. Lord. She ain't running. Mercy. Come on, man. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and Breakdown from back in the day. Yeah, Tom, Tom ain't have to worry about no Cordell, Cordell. Dude. He ain't running. Man. Rest in peace, unfortunately. Rest in peace. Yeah. He it, was a sex symbol, Chad. To many. To many Georgia girls who lived in the forest, you're absolutely right. <laughs> no, the chicks dug Tom, man. Everybody dug Tom. He's a freaking gift from above. Can't believe he's gone. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Depending on the day of the week, my favorite American rock band is either them or Aerosmith and just kind of goes back and forth. They're absolutely one of my favorites. Uh, Tom, I was probably five, four or five years old first time I heard a Tom Petty song and just fell in love. Some of the best simplistic, like wonderfully simplistic songwriting ever. Oh, it's great. I love Tom Petty too. Do you think the Heartbreakers get enough credit? No. No, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Not at all. Mike Campbell's one of the best guitar players that ever lived. Yeah. Ever. And the rest of that band is so tight and so good. The con- I've seen them, oh, it's three or four times probably. And they're so good live. Yeah. One of the best live bands I have ever watched in my existence. They're yeah. incredible. Incredible. Love Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Get yourself. In fact, one of my low moments in, you know, r- sort of raising my daughter as a music fan, trying to make her into a music snob, which I've done, she's too snobby on Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. What do you mean, too snobby? She can't deal with like. If she says three, if she hears three or four or five songs in a row, the voice gets annoying to her. Oh. And I can't argue with that, right? There's no argument for the voice bugs me. So I was like, okay, that's why a lot of people don't like Bob Dylan. That's why people, some people don't get into Willie. That's why some people don't get into some heavy metal stuff. Chad, they're just screaming. I hate that voice. Yeah. Cool. That's why I can't get into Rush. Getty Lee's voice drives me nuts. <laughs> I can't do it. When yeah. he starts singing, I just, I don't want it anymore. 
Uh, I was never into Boston. Those big high harmonies, they're impressive. Just not my thing. The Bee Gees, same way. I respect yeah. the hell out of it. Songwriting's incredible. Those dudes hit those notes, and I'm like, yep, yep, I'm out. Sorry, I can't do it. Yep, music's just like food. Everybody's palate's different. That's right. You can't account for taste. All right, uh, coming up, we'll get back into this NFL stuff. The NFL is not only going to be flexing possible Monday games, but they were considering Thursday, and we'll talk about what that vote ultimately means. But right now, let's get into where we at in society, see what Zay wants to talk about today. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, do I need to go to my Twitter DMs? Yeah, go to your DMs, man. This is such an interesting story. So back around 2011, Mm -hmm. there's a porn star named Lana Rhodes. She's very popular. I'm listening. Very, very popular. Mm -hmm. And she had a baby, and she would always give hints, which, you know, when you have a baby with a porn star, everybody looks down on it. Let's not slut shame these women. Come on. But she had a baby, Mm -hmm. and she said, yeah, the father used to play for the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, really? So she said that, and then pictures started coming out about the baby. If you look at the second picture, you will see that baby looks a lot like Blake Griffin. Oh, good grief. Here we go. Blake Griffin was on the Nets during Uh, the time that she said he was a Nets player. Now, people thought it was Kevin Durant at one time. They tried to put the pieces together thinking it was KD, then the baby came out and they're like, nope, it ain't KD. This baby looks like Blake Griffin. (laughs) Poor Blake Griffin. Oh, no. So now, during the NBA playoffs, Uh uh-huh, Lana has put out different social media posts to where we are now thinking it's a different player she's talking about who could be the baby daddy. Okay. Bruce Brown. She has posted multiple pictures praising Bruce Brown on her page. The most, I guess, nuts one that she did was the emoji of the finger like pinching and bruce brown bending over and she's putting the emoji around his buttocks Mm -hmm. and on another one so wait help me out on this social media thing because i'm not an emoji guy she's saying he has a pinchable butt is that what she's saying okay all right on his instagram live she posted looking good Mm. on another one of her Instagram stories, she posted a picture of him dunking the ball during the conference finals. So Bruce Brown was definitely on those Brooklyn Nets teams. And now everybody is saying, Blake Griffin, we owe you an apology. Everybody thinks Bruce Brown is the baby daddy. Okay, so this really could affect the rest of the playoffs. It could. It could. Could But he knows. I'm sure Mike Malone and the team knows that. Hey, man. Your baby mom is a porn star. Because it caused, because it, could it cause him to lose focus? Is the question. I don't think so. Bruce no? Brown's pretty hard nosed. You yeah. see what he did to D'Angelo Russell. You saw his impact in the series. Now he didn't have a good game yesterday, and all this stuff is starting to come out more and more each day. You know, Lana Rose starting to post something different every day, and yeah, man, I don't know. Some guys aren't comfortable with that thing. Some guys are. Let me tell you what. Here's This is what I'm learning from these pictures you just sent me. I need to tweet both of these out because that first picture you sent of her, of Lana Rhodes, looks very much like porn star before baby is born. That second picture with her holding that baby with a new mom hairdo looks like she's got diaper bags on the shoulder. Dude, it looks like it has taken 
over. I feel for you, Lana. It's a change in your life. Even if you're a porn star, you can think, oh, no, I have a baby. I got people around me that can help take care. No, it's a different deal, man. It's different. Good for you, Lana, because that second picture tells me that Lana is in the trenches as a mom. She's not just being some glamorous porn star mom that's handing the baby off to other people. No, Lana's working. I can tell. Lana is Lana's already got a mom cut in that second picture. Yeah, I don't know if she's still putting out films or if she's still working working. Man, that's I a- think she's changed and if she's getting this NBA child support money, then she probably good. That's a whole nother discussion with your kids. Mommy, where are you going? Mommy's got to go to work. Oh gosh. Mommy, what do you do for a living? <laughs> well, Mommy is an entertainer. We'll talk about it in four years. Oh, bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, Chris Brown, I don't know. Yeah, just own it. Just own it. Of course. That's, you know, that's a baby mom. Okay, so? Yeah, no, yeah, don't don't run from it. Yeah, don't run from it. A lot of women have track records and histories. Sure. That aren't porn stars. Gronk, Gronk didn't hide it when we found out he had a friend that was a porn star. Right? He didn't he wasn't ashamed of it. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo out here dating porn stars. Yeah. He can care less. Dude, every, living. Everybody's got something to sell. Yeah, living. Everybody's got something to sell. Come on now. As long as it's uh honest day's work for an honest day's pay, come on. Yeah. What what am I gonna do? I'm gonna get on her. It's her deal. <laughs> if he's happy with it, she's happy with it. <laughs> One again, it'll be a complex discussion later with the kid, but so? A lot of people have complex discussions. Oh, some of y'all fellas out there have been with some busted women for free. (laughs) So y'all can't say nothing about a woman making some money off it. You know what I'm talking about? See, there is something about that that really you can, you know, you can always change your own perspective if you think about it. If you're with a person, forget woman, but either way, if you're with a person who gets paid to do that, and like thousands of people, millions of people want to watch your significant other do that. I don't know. There's certainly I'd I'd take a little little pride in it. Yeah, flip it. Exactly. I, take a little pride in them. Like, oh, you want my woman. Yeah, man. Yeah. Instead of, you know, the worst part of it, like, oh, look how many had your woman. Okay, look how many had Joe's. Right. And nobody paid her. Uh-huh. I'm walking in the grocery store, like, hey Chad, I saw your woman doing that. I'd be like, You're damn right you did. <laughs> Pretty impressive, wasn't she? She's doing a nice job, wasn't she? Yeah. Uh-huh. By the way, that was part 13 in that series. 14's coming out next month. You going to be there? All right. That's what I'm talking about. Part 13, <laughs> man. Get it in. Oh, they don't do That's more than Fast and Furious. They didn't make 13 of those. They made 13 of these. Yeah, 13. Yeah, you don't have to risk your life either. <laughs> That's right, because she's just that talented. Oh, my God. All right, there's where we at in society. Coming up, the NFL. Are they going to flex games on Thursdays and Mondays? Come on, Goodell. Plus, Tom Brady's new gig, and does it affect the other new gig? We'll talk about it on the horn.